everybody. Welcome back to another Motion Podcast. We are excited today because guess what? We have a special guest. Now, this special guest, some of us may know as the delightful Miss Hick, but Miss Hick, is that what your name is really? No. Well, well, technically, yes, but my actual name is Jess, but you can call me Miss Hick. So... Well, there we go. We've got instruction, guys. So from now on, it is Miss Hick and only Miss Hick for all of us. So thank you so much for being willing to join us on this Motion Podcast. As we said in the prior one, we just want to have these kind of casual chats with one another and just talk about things that are upon our heart, things that matter, and just things that maybe are able to stir a conversation in regards to each other or in our own minds. (laughs) So, Miss Hick, tell us. What are you passionate about? Where are your passions in life? Right. That's like such a huge question. Look, we start with the deep stuff. Cut to the chase. Yes, you definitely have started there. Um, Okay, so my passions, I would say one of my biggest passions is worship and worship music. And I love that. Um, And then my other passion is my job. Which Which would be teaching. I'm a teacher at Mountain View. Yeah. And this is my sixth year here. And I started and as a year seven homeroom teacher and the students in year twelve now are my first ever homeroom. So wow. I've seen my whole a whole cycle of kids go through now. Um, but yeah, music and teaching and ministry and whatever that looks like, whatever God leads me to, hmm. is something that I like to put my energy towards. So those you say that those are your two major passions, so ministry through worship and other ways as well as teaching. What do you think was the catalyst for that? What do you think was the start of that for you? Um, my, uh, that's a good question too. Um, my, I guess my worship journey started um, when I was really young. Like I kind of got asked to sing a lot for church and stuff and decided that it was something I really enjoyed doing. And I think it really was the first time I um, really felt connected to God was through music. And that's kind of how I fell in love with Jesus. And um, and Jesus obviously knew that within me. Like he knew that he put music as a passion on my heart. And then we went from there. And I've just continued to grow in that. And sometimes when I feel like I, I really need Jesus time, I just worship. Mm. It's not even a conversation anymore. It's just it's the way I feel the most connected. Yeah. And then passion through teaching. Um, my passion isn't teaching. My passion is working with kids. Mm. Um, is working with teenagers and I always knew that from a young age I thought maybe I wanted to like do chaplaincy and then I realized I'd have to study Greek and I was like no (laughs) no thank you we know the struggle Um, but then I also love cooking so I was actually my food tech teacher said to me have you ever thought about being a food tech teacher and I was like no I'm not an academic I can't be a teacher that would be not my thing and um and then she's like no think about it and then it literally just happened God just opened a whole bunch of doors and I, all of a sudden I was studying at Avondale College and I was like, what the heck, how did I get here? So um, I think I just always really wanted to be um, to be there for young people and to inspire them and um, hopefully inspire them to love Jesus like I do. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that's where that kind of came from, I think. Yeah, that's really interesting. And now when you were talking about um, – your passion for praise and worship and, you know, just spending time with God. And that's where, when you need a Jesus moment, you go and, you know, you go through praise and worship either in yourself, with yourself, 
at home. Like, I don't know how else that would be. In a park. And you're yeah. like, <laughs> however you got to do it, Jesus loves you. Anyway, but you bring up a really cool point because it's this thing where God communicates with each of us very individually. Mm-hmm. And I love that about, you know, whether it is praise and worship or different ways that people, you know, someone may go out for a walk in the bush or someone may spend time, you know, writing or reflecting where God finds us in the way that we communicate and goes with us on that journey. Journey, whoa, journey. What's a journey? Listen, I don't know, we're finding out many new things today, uh, but thank you, welcome welcome to the journey. Okay, so English um, is not your passion. No, it is not. But um, in regards to, sorry, going back to the main point, in regards to that, you know, how you say you found the way that God speaks to you, and that is, you know, and you find the way that you spend time with God through praise and worship. Would it be okay if I ask that you share one time where you were, like, floored by the experience with God in regards to that? In regards to worship? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, man, I'm trying to think. The, the one that I can think of that's coming to me the most is um, I, uh, I was at um, – I was actually at Hillsong. Um, and we were singing praise and worship and I really, this was probably maybe four years ago and I um, was just not feeling it and it's probably the first time in my life that I really just didn't feel connected to God through music and I was like, God, what the heck is going on? Like this is the weirdest thing. Um, And then in the middle of the song the worship leader started talking and she was reading a a Bible verse about um, calluses on your heart Mm. and um, she was saying that, like God had revealed to her about how she was carrying baggage and she had these calluses on her heart. And if you don't know what calluses are there, um, it's caused by friction on your skin. So you have a lot of friction by something um, and it causes a roughness, a toughness, a thickening of the skin. And I remember feeling like God saying to me, like the reason why I can't get into your heart like you want me to is you have calluses on your heart. Ooh. Yeah, right? You Ooh, have, I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> You have areas of your life that um, have caused a roughness and a toughness that I can't get in there and I'm trying. Um, and I immediately, like, obviously started crying like big sook that I am. Um, but I was, like, still in that worship moment of, like, kind of communicating with God and, like, you know, it's not a big, loud, booming voice. It's more like a whisper. But I remember God saying, like, but, honey, that's not your fault. You know, it's not your fault that you have these calluses. Like, one of the calluses on your heart is your mum. And that's because there's been constant friction on that same point on your heart for years and years and years. And it's caused a barrier between you and me. And we need to work together to remove those calluses. And it's not a process of snapping my fingers and I'm like, woohoo, I've got no problems because that's definitely not my life. Um, but it's a process of being, you know, aware and going on the journey with God of, of helping to remove um, the hardness that I may have in areas of my heart because I was very confused because it's always been, worship has always been my safe place mm. with God. And, you know, even if I wasn't really doing much, it's what always brought me back to church, especially when I was 17, I left the church and worship was what brought me back. So I was very confused. I'm like, I'm in such a good place in my life. Like I'm you know, working, I'm doing Jesus stuff, I'm going to church, like literally haven't skipped a beat on church and now all of a sudden I'm like not able to connect, what's going on? Um, so as I've gotten older, I find that God uses worship to sometimes reveal stuff to me that we need to work on. Mm. Sometimes that can be a bit of a harsh reality and I can be like, 
oh, like, no, I just want to, like, be here and be happy. And God's like, no, we've got some work to do. Like, Mm. you know, we need to work on this. Um, So I think initially my relationship with worship was learning to fall in love with Jesus. Mm. And now it's more learning to stay in love with Jesus because it's like a relationship now. It's a journey now. And that's what relationships are. You work on them. You don't. It's not lasting love. It's working love. So, Yeah. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I've got more questions to follow because of that. Okay. But uh, so in regards to what you said with, you know, moving from learning how to fall in love with Jesus to staying in love with Jesus, what has been, I guess, your main help throughout that journey to, to stay on that journey, if that makes sense? Like what keeps bringing you back to the idea of like, okay, now I'm working on staying in love with him? Um, good question. Um, I think there's a couple things. Um, I, I think for me, um, journaling is something that I've learned to do. I always thought it was a bit lame, um, but I've decided it's not lame and it's a really good way for me to reflect back. Mm. So that's one of my favorite things about journaling. It's not in the moment of writing it, but it's like, look at where I was two years ago. Yeah. Um, look at where my heart was two years ago. Look what was going on in my life two years ago. And then look how God brought me through it. Mm. So, um, like, yeah, reflecting back on how faithful he was is something that um, helps me to continue on the journey of staying in love. Um, Obviously still staying connected, um, so still trying to be planted somewhere, Mm. planted in a church, planted with good friends, something that's um, good for me, Um, looking for things that are, like, you know, healthy hobbies, so like worship. Yeah. um, what else? I'm um, also just the people that um, God's placed in my life. So I make sure that um, I'm really conscious of being awake yeah. with the people that God's trying to place in my life at any particular mm-hmm. season. So, you know, like I know that it doesn't mean people are going to stay in my life forever. It may just be that I need their help, their support, their advice, their whatever in a particular season. And then I can see that. Yeah. So I can reflect you know, wow, I actually really needed that conversation. I really needed that help in that season or whatever. So it just really helps me to see God's provision. I think just continuously tracking that, you know, if something happens, if I have a Jesus moment, if I have a, you know, something happened that I was like, wow, that was so God, I jot it down so that I can constantly reflect back to it so that it just keeps me work. Um, I don't, it stops me from slumming into just a routine. Mm. I still do it, but it just helps me not to as much, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they're probably my, my top things that I do. Nice. I, I, I feel like you've kind of like hit me right now in the heart with oh, the no. statement. That, no, it's amazing what you said. And this is the thing, like I love having conversations with people because everyone has their own individual experiences and their own knowledge and their own relationship with God and we can learn so much from one another. And when you said the idea of, you know, the people who are in your life right now, whether they are for a moment or for a season or for a lifetime, it's that responsibility that you have placed upon yourself to stay awake with them, Mm -hmm. which I think is so beautiful because we get caught up in ourselves. We get caught up in our own problems or our own fears. But then when we stay, when we rest in who we are, but we stay awake for someone else, it's no longer about us. And, you know, our things kind of go to the side because we can share something else. I, it's amazing. Anyway, 
Sorry, that was just my little moment of clarity. <laughs> um, but I guess that's a challenge that we all have, I guess, you know, to challenge one another to with the to stay awake with the people that are in our lives. Yeah. Because it is important. Community and people are important. And in the thing of you spending time reflecting on what God has done and what he is doing and what I guess he will continue to provide and how you mentioned the, the four of the calluses that you had had on your heart due to prior experiences, could you sum up, I guess, maybe in a sentence or a paragraph, it's probably hard, or just in a statement, <laughs> I guess, the thing of like, if you could say to someone right now who has these calluses or has a past that, you know, has shaped them to who they are today, how God spoke to you within that. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of, I guess. Um, I think that we all have calluses on our heart. And we need to stop seeing it as a weakness. We need to stop seeing it as something that holds you back from doing stuff because that's not what God wants for us. Mm -hmm. And God isn't a quick fix God. And so he's actually, um, he's let them be there in a way. Like he doesn't want us to suffer, but he's, he's let them be there because he wants to actually journey with us to become the best version of ourselves. And without pain, without suffering, it's really hard to relate to people. Mm-hmm. And I think that in all the stuff that's happened in my life and all the calluses that I have, like I still have them. It's just a process of God and I like slowly kind of chiseling away at them. Because yeah. um, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a callus be removed. You go to the little um, the little ladies at the, <laughs> at, the, at the beauty salon where you get your um, pedicure and they have like a razor and they, they use this razor and they shave off the extra skin. Like cheese. Like cheese. Oh. And it's like <laughs> and it's like like shavings of skin. And I feel like every time I have a really good Jesus experience or Jesus like um, and it's often through other people. Like mm. often it's the people I think I'm helping I walk away being like, whoa, they just blessed me way more than I ever was thinking I could bless them. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So I, I see it that way of God just constantly just taking another shaving off. Mm. A new revelation is just another shaving coming off and a little bit more freedom. Yeah. Um, and so I think that in advice or anything to anyone is um, embark on the journey. Like there's yeah. there's nothing holding you back. It's It looks big and it looks like, man, I can't heal from this or, man, my mess is too messy. Like it's actually not like that. It's just a little shaving at a time. Yeah. It's not a whole big bunch of mess that God's going to have to spend a huge amount of time, you know, an intensive three months or whatever sorting you out. It's not like that. It's a journey. And so I think we need to stop thinking of it as our weakness because mm. through our weakness, God, you know, reveals so much to us that sometimes aren't even for us. We think it's a revelation for us. Yeah. And then it turns out it's actually a revelation for someone else that you needed mm. to share. So, Yeah. That answer your question? Yeah, very good. <laughs> I'm just dwelling on your words and it's hitting my soul, which is amazing. <laughs> Try not to cry. Thankfully, no one can see me behind the mic. Uh, but, you know, we've spoken about the past, I guess, and in a way that God works in the past mm-hmm. and the way that he is currently using our past in our present. But what do you think God has placed upon your heart for the future? Yeah, good one. Um so I think the thing that comes to mind in terms of like not just personal but is more like ministry-minded is mentorship. 
So I'm a really, really strong believer in mentorship. Yeah. That's something that God has placed on my heart, like, hectically. Um, so I really believe that we should be being mentored by someone and then in that be mentoring somebody else. So in my mind, it's kind of like you're holding someone's hand, you're holding your parent's hand, but you're also holding your little brother's hand. So one hand is up, one hand is down, and you're pulling someone along while you have someone you're looking up to as well. And I think future-wise, I think um, God will still continue to use me in that capacity of um, teaching me about mentoring and what I have to offer other people. It normally ends up being um, young people, whether that's through church or through school, um, but even the kids that I've already mentored, like they're still in my life, like they're yeah. still people that I, you know, try and invest time into. And I think looking to the future, God still would want to use me in that capacity. Yeah. Um, and to just, just engage with people um, and not, not strive for perfection. Yeah. I think that's also important for me, like to not get lost in that, like I'm always going to be bit of a moron <laughs> don't be silly <laughs> no but like I'm always gonna say the wrong thing I'm always yeah. gonna you know slip yeah. up that's just me that's yeah. my life yeah so I'm like oh whatever like <laughs> that's just who Jesus made me to be so I think you know future wise as well like just um striving to be the best version of me without comparing myself to other people yeah and avoiding comparison because mm. it's so easy to slip into that yeah yeah what, what is that well-known saying? Comparison is a thief of joy. Hundred mm, percent. Like because you're concentrating on what you are not, you forget about who you actually are. Totally. So, with the mentoring thing, as a final question before we wrap up. Oh. Ooh. Do you have a story of a mentor that influenced your life? Yes. So um, my mentor, his name is John, and he. Um, lives up near Avondale College and um, he is really the reason I came back to church when I was 17. So I went to go renew my license. I think I was getting my green peas and um, I hadn't been to church for a couple of years and I went into the RTA and John and another friend of mine, Gary, was sitting there and they're like, hey, and I was like, oh, hey, and I kind of knew him because he taught at the school I used to go at and didn't really know him very well but and he looked at me and was like, hey, you sing, don't you? And I was like, uh, kind of, I haven't really sung in a while. And he's like, no, nah, that's cool. Um, do you want to sing with us at College Church this week? And I was like, whoa. And why that was so significant is because in the car on the way to the RTA, I had I could feel like something tugging at my heart, like I could feel like God wanted me to go back to church. But when you leave church for such a long time, it's so hard to envision what it's going to be like going back. You think like, oh, my gosh, they're going to judge me. They're going to be like, where have you been? Like, what have you been doing? And I was like, God, I need a way to go back. I need a, an avenue to go back. I didn't have friends in the church anymore. And then literally had that prayer in the car, walked into the RTA and met John. And then John messaged me like the next day and then he got me involved. And I think being involved in something was such an easy way for me to come back to church because yeah. there was purpose to it. And then John and I just started this journey of like mentorship and, you know, looking up to him. He's a and worship dude as well like he's been an EP and like he's an amazing teacher and has the best family in the whole entire world um and so there's just so many aspects of my life that I look up to him and you know he's just always there if I needed him to chat to or like 
you know, and the more busy we both are, the harder it is to catch up. But when we do, it's so meaningful. And I know that Jesus was like, yes, you needed that conversation at that particular time. So he's taught me how to mentor. Yeah. Um, and he's taught me how important it is to invest in other people and trust that it's, you know, trust when God puts someone in your way yeah. that you can't, like, get out of your mind. Like, you know, oh, I'm just thinking about them or I'm praying for them or I'm worried about them or something. My biggest thing is worry. I'm a worry what, so I'm always worrying about someone. Um, but... If, the, if it's so persistent in my mind, I'm like, yeah, okay, I need to, Jesus is telling me I've got to step up for that person. So, And he taught me that. John taught me that. So, yeah, he's the OG mentor. And it's amazing how now, you know, the things that you learnt from someone else being present in your life, you now so, because we have the opportunity of knowing you in real life, I guess I'm just <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> no, but it's like you just exude that. Where it's just like you constantly want to be present and, as you said, awake in someone's life because you care for them so genuinely. Mm. And thank you so much for coming and sharing a little bit of your journey. I think, you know, your journey speaks about the whole idea of presence, the presence of God within your life, the presence of others who care, and the presence that you now get to share amongst others' lives. And that big word that I'm taking away of it, of staying awake. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. No worries. That wraps up our podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. We cannot wait to tune into your ear holes. Is that, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's like I would say. That's so good. I love that. Say that. Um, Is that okay to say? No. I don't know. That's a little weird. Okay, sorry. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.